day of the year will be the longest run of my life. May end up crying some tears. I really just hope I survive. Gonna put one foot in front of the other. Who knows what I'll discover on my soul searching solstice run. December 21st is really gonna hurt my soul searching solstice run. I'm hoping that it's worth it becoming malnourished. Pounding that pavement looping 5k. I really hope that I don't dehydrate on my soul searching solstice run. I'll tell you all about it when I get Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with Brian Gould, who has completed nine hours and four minutes of continual running on the solstice in 2020, his so-called soul-searching solstice run. Brian, how was your run all day? Peter, it was tremendous. It was a lot. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. You know, it was only an hour longer than we ran the Pumpkin Spice Ultra. Yeah, I was thinking about that. So we ran an eight, and that's really what gave me the idea. It's like, well, how much longer could nine hours be? Um, <laughs> one more hour. One more hour. Uh, mm. And there there were quite a few additional sort of obstacles um, that I'm not going to say are excuses because I PR'd. I ran 37 miles. That's terrific. Um, congratulations. And I ran, and I let's ran give, Let's of, give you a congratulations on that, shall we? We're recording this the day after. So this morning, mm. I had a little melancholy when I saw 37. I thought, why not 40? What, well, what, what, what's what? even more dis, dis, disappointing oh, is thank that, you. are you ready for this? Dave Macklem instantly messages me that in his worldview, which of course is in kilometers, as the majority of the world looks at, mm. you were 59.88 kilometers. Like you were almost at 60K. <laughs> That's a meaningless stat, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, goodness. No, and, and actually the 37 point whatever is, mm. is also less important than doing what we set out to do, which was run from sunup to sundown. Yeah, run the day. Yeah, Run the day. Uh, that was that was really the whole point. And of course. So uh, I'll give you a little bit of the structure. Um, mm. I'm not going to give you a mile by mile. Uh, well, no, you and I had spoken account, at five thirty outrageous. in the morning. I called you because I was I was very oddly up, super early. So strange. And I, I wished you well, and you were you were in a chipper mood. You were good to go. So walk us through um, a little bit of the prep and the arrival. Like, what was it like to get out there? Where where was it located in in relation to your house? Yeah, I, I was really, I wanted to do this. I wanted to not get it over, but it was, there was a air of excitement and I really wanted it to be mm. happening. So the weekend was sort of, I was straddling both. I was not nervous or uh, stressed at all. I was sort of pretty, pretty mellow and just like ready to, ready to, for this to happen now. Um, so I drove up to Lake Quinnipowit, which is a a little lake up in um, the North Shore town of Wakefield. Uh, it borders downtown Wakefield and uh, 128 uh, Route 95 here in Massachusetts. Sure, sure. And it is often 
in the non-snow months, um, you run mostly through parks and on the lakeside. Unfortunately, uh, it snowed a foot or so uh, late last week or mid last week, and all the paths by the lake were still snow covered. Um, so we had to go sidewalk. And I'll tell you this, the sidewalks were not well cleared, even though it had it was four or five days after the actual storm. And we talked about this um, before and after, and, and we couldn't really figure out why. Um, let me back up for a second. So I arrived there. Uh, Emily Saw was the first one there. We, we went to, um, there's a big parking lot. There's a couple of office buildings, one of which is totally empty because the business, the, the company that owned it has gone out of business. So it's a... It's a parking spot for people who do this loop. This is a loop that's, it's a 5K loop around the lake. It's all night and all day. Somebody's walking around it. So we we saw right. many, many people. It's uh, a known quantity. In the yeah, area, it's totally sure. a known quantity. People go out and get their lake queue loop every single day or two of them or three of them or whatever. Um, so we arrived there at this um, closed office building, uh, which had a nice little overhang where... Uh, Paul and Lori actually set up a aid station table <laughs> and a camp chair. So we put our stuff out there. Excellent. And of course, Emily had to host the November project workout because it was a Monday. Oh, it was a Monday. Right. Of course. <laughs> so I arrive at about 625. She's got her phone and her laptop going. Um, and she greets everybody. Uh, I did a bounce six feet away from her and then uh, let her do her thing while I fiddled around with, uh, you know, putting lotion in various places and uh, tying my shoes and all that kind of nonsense. So your prep time was the virtual Boston November Project Monday workout. I mean, it was, it was happening at the exact same time next year. Yeah, that started at 630 and the official sunup was 710. Uh, so Paul and Lori um, arrived not not long thereafter. Uh, they did they did a drive around to make sure that the course was still there. Um, and, and that's when they said, well, the sidewalks are a little messy. Um, Paul said that he was going to run in the road and he said, this should be fine. Just be careful of all the turns because each turn there's a turning lane or, you know, it gets a little congested. So it's, it's a little, a little blind on some a spots, a little blind in some spots. Um, as a result, we did a little running in the road over the course of the day, Emily and I, um, but we mostly stuck to the sidewalk, I think for safety. And then a, a fifth Last minute entry came in a, a guy named Maurice, uh, and I think his Instagram handle is Maurice Marathon Panda. He he knows um, Paul and Lori, and they said come on up and join. So so he came up. So that was good to meet him and ha have another bit of enthusiastic support as we all went around. That's great. Um, so those are the five people that took on took on the challenge of sun up to sundown. Uh, and then there were a few people, I think, uh, in cyber world also doing it because you encourage them. Uh, we will. You'll have to uh, clue me in on that. My my phone skills were not intact yesterday. Oh, were you um, focused on other things? Yeah, yeah, I actually turned it to airplane mode and um, to save the battery just in case of emergency. So I, I was pretty much out of contact the entire day. Yeah, you never called me once. No, I didn't. Uh, not until I was all done. I didn't call anybody. I call, well, I called my wife, of course, the artist. No, but uh, you know what was happening was the posts were uh, fairly regular and very informative on social media, especially Instagram. So we thank everybody for that because we could really follow your progress. And it looked it looked like you had a decent day. We, we, ha 
Yes, I will say that. So the weather was uh, started about 25 degrees, heated up to low 30s, and I don't know, maybe got up to 35. But for running, because uh, we wanted layers, because we knew we would get cold here and there, um, was great. Uh, it it was never too hot, never too cold. The wind, no factor. There was not wind that I recognized. Maybe one lap, there was a little breeze. So that was not. That's really what I was concerned about. Um, and no precipitation at all. So in terms of weather, couldn't have asked for better. Um, it was really the footing. Um, and as the day went on toward the very end of the day, by two o'clock, some melting had occurred and we had a little more dry pavement than we had for most of the day. But, you know, I got to say the first five hours was slipping and sliding and stepping over mounds of snow and walking through some sections of deep, mush and otherwise it was slippy slidey the whole time and and what that resulted in was for me um sort of my hip hip flexors in the front i guess i don't know the front of your your quads and my entire lower abs that whole area was strained pretty early on right because you're doing all that stabilization constantly right right Right. it kind of reached a, a low threshold and maintain the whole day. So it never, until the very end, never really got worse. It was just like, okay, this is what I'm going to be dealing with as opposed to like whatever, a sore knee or an ankle or something else that's bothering me. It's like, this, is the, this is the thing that I'm going to be aware of. But there was nothing, at least in the first two thirds of the day, that took you down the rabbit hole of despair in any way. Not really. And, and there are several reasons for that. Um, of course, I was running with the great Emily Saul uh, of the November Project. Emily Saul of the November Project. Uh, and and as we discussed prior to this, uh, what a wonderful motivator, great friend. And she, she was doing her first more than a marathon distance. And we were both similarly trained. Oh, right. Yeah, that was you her know, first time. Yeah. She's, she's uh, much stronger than I, I am, I would say. Um, but but there is a mental um, barrier there going from marathon to ultra. And so I was really proud of her, um, for making that. And we really made, uh, for as much energy as we had left, we, we made a big deal out of her reaching, uh, ultra distance. That was really exciting. Um, so Emily and I ran the whole thing together. Maurice, uh, was his, his own Panda and he ran, I think mostly on his own headphones in, making video posts. We ran, we ran past him a couple of times and he passed us a couple of times and, and we high fived and stuff like that. Uh, Lori definitely solo run headphones in and same with Paul and Paul had a whole nother goal. Uh, he ran over 50 miles. Yeah. He operates at a different frequency, right? Like just, he, he does a thing. I would say three or four times we came upon him or he came upon us at the rest station in the parking lot. And I, he couldn't have ever been there more than one minute. Uh, and he just turned and went and, you know, we'd fist bump and then it was back to business. So he, and he, he and he never looked destroyed, right? Like he always looked. <laughs> no, no. Mm-hmm. it yeah. was as if I was giving him some of my energy. Uh, but well, I know he might he, be, he could be a running vampire. That is true. <laughs> I don't think so. He didn't need it. Uh, not Paul. He puts in all the work. Uh, and so he, he was, he was getting out of the day as much as possible and he looked great afterwards uh we all got cold real fast of course sure sure um but i he he was in shorts and just looking good you know those exposed calves 
uh, were just working like crazy. And he was in the road most of the time, so he did not deal with the slushy, slidey stuff like we did. So that that probably mm-hmm. was a tactical error on on our part. And and I'll say, you know, when we got when I woke up this morning and and re looked at my my Garmin and saw thirty seven, I thought, why didn't we just run? 40, I mean, three miles, you know, there's one loop. It's not that much, but I'll tell you the first five hours went by without even thinking about it. It, Truly. It was just, we kept going around a loop, you know, um, little aches and pains. I ate a lot. I drank a lot. That, That was one thing that was good. My fuel nutrition never had a problem with it. Cardiovascularly, not an issue at all. I could have gone hours more. I didn't want to. I was tired, sure. but I, I wasn't destroyed in any way in that way. And do you feel that that was an improvement in terms of nutrition and hydration over uh, the pumpkin spice ultra? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think I think having done three of these events this year, I've 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 solved some problems that I was having. It was pickles early and often. Uh, really, after six miles, I ate a pickle every three miles, and just eating more. I was thinking about it. Was was any of that frequency, or I should say regularity, around nutrition and taking in liquids and everything, was that based or helped in any way by having the aid station every three miles? Oh, absolutely. So I did wear my orange mud uh, backpack the whole time. So I had two liters of uh, just water with a nutrition supplement in it, either tailwind or scratch. So I yeah. had calories and electrolytes in there. Uh, so I had that whenever I wanted, but the nice thing was every time I got to the aid station, I opened my cooler and just pounded as much water as I could take in. And that I, I, every water bottle I had, I filled also with um, one of those solutions. So those there was calories there. and electrolytes in there. So I really good. covered all my bases, but that was really good because I would just drink mouthfuls and mouthfuls of water, shove a pickle in my mouth and go. And okay. then I could I could sip as I went. And And yeah. So that the course, as I said, I, I never really wanted to do a short looped course, but given that we were doing this on December 21st, given the weather possibilities here in New England, it was really nice to know we were never more than a mile and a half uh, from safety. Right. No, it's a and, safe bet. It's a much, much smarter. And it was a well-traveled course. So if you fell down and hurt yourself, someone would come upon you within moments. You know, it really, th- this is what it got down to was each loop broke down into pretty much three things. Um, You left the rest stop and you ran a section. Uh, There was a little shy of halfway around, there was a parking lot that had a porta potty, which for me, of course, as you know, was very, very important. Um, And so I would use that uh, each time for the first couple visits. And Emily, of course, being Emily Saul, instituted a one minute plank uh, for each of those stops. Yeah, I saw that on Instagram. I loved that idea. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I'll, I'll be truthful. The first, really? the first one was a lark. The second one I actually skipped uh, because instead of planking, I squatted, if you know what I mean. Oh, I see uh, what you mean. You yeah. otherwise occupied. Yeah. And I said, okay, maybe this will put an end to this silliness. But no she meant it of course she meant it and so we did do planks and, and they did become sort of a, a badge of courage rite of passage however you want to put it each time around but it also broke it up you know it broke they were hard but it broke up the the monotony 
of the run. So, you know, we'd run for however long, 12 minutes, 14 minutes, do the plank. And I, and I really don't think that affected what was going on um, in my, in my uh, lower abs or whatever. I could feel it, but it never got worse at that point. And yeah. it actually kind of allowed me to stretch my calves and open up my hips a little bit. So I actually think they were beneficial, even though I'll never do that again. Uh, <laughs> See, I think I would have liked that from the standpoint of, well, at least here's a full minute and probably a minute on either side where I'm not running. Well, that's I, I right. Think, I think I would welcome the change. That was the true benefit. I, you know, jumping jacks would have been really terrible. Plank right. was actually, they were hard, but they were, it was good. And, and you're absolutely right about that. Um, so we would do that. And then, you know, there was a little more than halfway left to go. And for a good chunk of that was um, something close to clear pavement. It wasn't clear pavement until the end of the day. It was always a little icy, a little slushy, a little slippery. There was always navigation. Like I spent most of the day with my head down because uh, I had to watch my where I was putting my feet at all times. Right, that, sure. that, that was trail the, running, yeah. That was the level of um, slippery stuff we were dealing with. So that was a that was a real consideration, and it, and it not only slowed us down, but um, as I said, it, it eventually got to me. And 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 this is what happened. I would be remiss not to give a shout out to some of the people that helped us uh, get around. Two of our friends from the Pumpkin Spice Ultra, Lisa and Louise, showed up very early on uh, and ran a couple of rounds with us. And then we were joined by uh, George Woodward. You know George Woodward. Who's that? Well, that's George Woodward right there. Marathon George. Go catch that sheep. And he just back to running after a long injury uh, right, he was down for a while. How long was he down for? Do we know? Quite a few months. Yeah. I think he was on and off and then all summer, I think, um, and all fall. And so he, he's back to, he, I think he had run two miles uh, uh, since since his PT started. And so, he, of course, he came for a snowy three-miler, uh, which may not have been advised. I, I asked him not to tell his physical therapist at all. Yeah, uh, delete this podcast. Do, do not there. do not listen to this show. Good show, um, good show. But it was wonderful, you know, to have to have everybody. We were mostly in a single file line because of the conditions, and of course we were masked up. But it, it's just good to have the camaraderie. That Emily had, Emily and I had, you know, we were we were in the grind at that point, just literally heads down, going around and around, and probably around noon, one o'clock. I was really needing to use that porta potty, and we got to the parking lot where we we're going to do our burpees. I mean, our ha, our burpees—that would have been terrible. Our planks, and the porta potty had been removed. Wait a minute. <laughs> we had seen the truck there on the no. previous visit, and my assumption was, well, they're either giving us a new one or they're cleaning this one out. But no, in fact, uh, I guess they're taking it away for the winter because why wouldn't wow. you? Why 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 would you leave that there? So yeah. that that presented a challenge, um, but thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, that would have blown me away, man. Despite, oh, yeah, it, it was. You have to. You get something in your mind, and then that, like oh. I'm going to do. I'm going to relieve this pressure right now. No, no, you're not. Uh, but thankfully, we were uh, distracted because Will the Brewer had arrived. And he was waiting in that parking lot to surprise us. Brewmaster so, Will? Brewmaster Will. So that was a, a wonderful surprise. And he actually ran two 
uh, two laps with us at that point. And I think that's actually when we hit ultra distance uh, or at least marathon distance. I don't, I don't remember. So that was wonderful. And um, unfortunately he hit us deep in the day. So uh, there was not a lot of talking. <laughs> we were just sort of gutting it out. Um, and I did eventually uh, after uh, those two laps with Will, um, I had to stop at the Cumberland Farms and uh, take care of things there. So, buy a uh, gallon of milk. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> at that point, I was really uh, kind of hurting, and every time we hit slippery slushy, it was at, it was at that point. Once we were up at about thirty three, thirty four miles, it it was starting to get quite painful, and we started what may have been our last, what would have been, I guess, our last lap. And I started going and we looked at the slush and I took three steps and that's when the pain hit. It Everything doubled down. You know, like this low level sort of uncomfortableness that I had been dealing with that I you expect something to hurt. Um, it just said, it flared up and, and I said, there's not, there's no reason to push this because it's, it's slushy and sloppy now for the next two miles. And I don't want to do this anymore. So I asked Emily, can we walk uh, back and forth? She said, okay. Um, and so we did. So we made it to 37 by walking probably a, at least a mile and a half and taking lots of pictures of the sunset because the sun finally did come out uh, right. just to set. And we took a bunch of pictures. That's the only sun we saw uh, yeah. all day. And, and that was interesting too, because the entire day, talk about Groundhog Day, you have, you're running in a loop, that's a 5k loop, so it's very monotonous, but the sun, the, the, the level of light on the day never changed, uh, because the sun obviously was low in the sky, but we never saw, we never even really had an indication that the sun was up, uh, because the clouds were pretty significant, so it, at no point except when the sun uh, came out for its sunset viewing, uh, did I even know what time it was? Yeah, so, I, I was thinking about you because I was shoveling out my car and it looked very much like, well, this is, I'm in a giant dome that's just lit from the outside and it all has the same feel. No, no time is passing here. Yeah, and so that's how, you know, five hours went by without even really knowing it because it all felt like, whatever, it felt like 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. or 2 p.m. I you, you never really knew by looking around. There was, was no that, indication that time had passed. And was that beneficial, do you think, or was that a hindrance? I don't know. Uh, I, I I will tell you, I had kind of been looking forward to being able to track uh, the sun go across the sky, just, you know, because that being outside for nine hours for the entire course of the, the sun's arc across the sky, I mean, that's kind of unique, um, and be able to watch it essentially from the same place because it's a very fast day. It's yeah. almost like it's almost like living in time lapse. Yes. Um, and that didn't happen. But on the other hand, like being in a Las Vegas casino, not knowing what time it was may have kept us out there longer. You know, we we always we had to do lots of math um, to think about how much longer we needed to go uh, as we got later on in the afternoon because there, there was no celestial indication that we were getting later in the day. But as I said, in terms of nutrition, in terms of fueling, in terms of cardiovascular health, in terms of 
uh, hydration, all of that really went very, very well. I just, I kind of got tired and, and I wonder why I looked back since the pumpkin spice ultra, Peter. Yes. I uh, succeeded in doing exactly two double digit runs. And were they deep double digits or pretty, pretty low? No, they were 13 miles and they were about, they were about five weeks apart. Now, let me ask you this. Since the pumpkin spice ultra, what were your biggest miles total for the week in any given week? Did you scratch 40 or 50? (laughs) Interesting. Okay. So you were more like a 25 kid or 30? Peter, I will say since the pumpkin spice ultra, with the exception of the two weeks immediately following, yeah, I averaged about 30 miles a week. So to run 37 on an average of 30 miles a week, uh, that, that exceeded expectations. That's pretty good. And, and here you are a day later and you say you're feeling fine. I feel pretty good. I, yeah, I feel like I used to after I may have run a long training run. Like an 18 or something. Yeah, I'm a little sore. Not really, though. And and I am tired. I mean, I know that I'll, I'll be a little extra tired for a couple of days. I know that from experience. But I feel fine. You know, I ate a big meal. I went to bed. I actually slept astonishingly well. I, I usually do not sleep well after a long race or a long event like this. And, you know, I put my head down before 10 and uh, woke up at 5 and managed to roll over and go back to sleep till about 6, which... I'll take that. Uh, I was not up with sore legs or cramps or any anything like that. So I guess I didn't push myself hard enough to 40. I guess that's that, that's the answer there. I don't <laughs> no, think that's the answer. I don't think so either because the conditions of the day were going to set whatever mileage it was. That's right. That's right. The real challenge was to keep in motion the whole time. And Emily and I really did that. Of course, the other participants did as well, but we, we were – um, doing this together the whole time. And, um, you know, I, ha- I have to say, I- I'm so proud of her of, of crossing Absolutely. that yeah. 26.2 threshold and not only getting to 31, which I think was probably, you know, maybe a, a-, a sub goal, if mm. not a major goal, mm. um, but to getting all the way to 37. That's amazing. That's incredible. Congratulations, Emily. And congratulations to you, Brian. I do have a couple of questions because I know some people want to know this. What, um, can we strap on the feedback? Strap on your feedback. Come and get it. I haven't taken it off, actually. (laughs) I was going to ask you, what is your favorite thing that you consumed? Not necessarily during, because I don't really care about that, but I would really like to know about after. Okay, so I'll tell you this. I got home. It was about a half an hour drive home. Uh, I only changed my clothes once. I, I never changed my socks. I never changed anything south of my waist. I did change my shoes at one point, and I had to change my shirts because I was soaking wet. And uh, the only thing I wish I had changed, I had more of, was gloves. Uh, I changed my hat and my buff, uh, you know, my mask, uh, every 10 miles or so. Um, so that was all fine. But the reason I tell you this is because I put on my big puffer, I put on my big gloves and drove home. Um, so I was still wearing my wet clothes when I got home, but I didn't really notice it because I had the heat cranked up in my car. But I got home, I shoved some blueberry uh, lemon cake that we had, just the first thing I saw in the kitchen, and yeah, just shoved right it in, an enormous piece of it in just to get calories in. Uh, and then I went to the bathroom. I was going to take a shower. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, use some indecent language. I sat down in the bathroom. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
Yeah, we all understand it every time you talk about it. And I immediately started shivering uncontrollably. Oh, sure, because like yeah, you've been big you've been shivers. In, yeah, like I almost cold clothes. Yeah, I almost fell on the floor. So many mm. shivers. Yeah, and it was because right, I was wrapped in in, in cold clothes, cold wet clothes, and I was you know out of calories. So um, I said, well, I'm either going to die at this point, or I could reach over and turn the hot water on in the shower, which I did. Uh, and jumped in the shower, and I don't know how long that was, but it was certainly luxuriant. Um, and then, then I felt fine. I, I ate some cheese and crackers. Andrea made a wonderful uh, meal, which I I downed heartily. Um, and then, then to bed. That was, you know, it was not. It was a good dinner. It was a it was a it was a big hearty meal, but it wasn't a uh, wasn't, it wasn't a wasn't a medieval feast, but I, I feel that I will probably be eating whatever the heck comes in front of my face for the next couple of days. And the other big thing that people want to know is what advice would you give now? Because what you've done here is you've probably set up a trend that will start from here on out on every solstice. Um, <laughs> what do you recommend people do? Um, you know, is the, is, is the closed loop a good idea? is 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 it a good idea to run during the entire day what was being with someone great give us sort of the overall advice you would pass on to anyone who i absolutely guarantee you right now is figuring out how to do this uh a year from now so i've done three different ultra distance events this year each one with one partner essentially i would highly recommend that unless you're just a person who likes to run solo. But, you know, of course, like so many runners, I run most of my miles solo and almost all my long runs solo. So having a person, a partner really to run with for this distance when you're going beyond what you're used to is really helpful. And of course, it's helpful for people, friends to come and jump in for a few miles here and there. I mean, even during a pandemic, we were able to to manage to fit that in and do it uh, safely and wisely. And that just makes the miles flow by just, just to see someone else, you know, uh, in proximity to you is, is magical. So those two things I do think are important. I, I don't know how I would do so. No, I do know how I would do solo. I would probably give up. Um, so ha having, having the partner there, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that, but that, that was really, really important each time and not, trying to coordinate anything else only having running to think about uh, and your right. own nutrition right. strategy sure and and the other person that, that's enough to fill your mind the other two courses were one was all in the woods and with no repeat areas it was like three big loops of different places and ours of course was a point to point we ran from boston to concord and both of those obviously were more interesting visually and, and terrain and all those things yeah abs absolutely but this one held an advantage in that you could really mentally break it down very easily like can i do another loop well i really only need to get to there and then at at the halfway point i really only need to do this and i know what's coming up you know there was a part where we ran through a snowy section and then we hit pavement for the last half mile or so and that was like oh well, we're just about home. Um, and so, so you were able to get little mental 
boosts, you right. know, about, about three times each loop. And, and I think that was, that was super helpful. And just the idea that, you know, you're always safe. You always know where you are. You're always. Yeah. I very much like that aspect of it. You're always close. But again, part of what I love about running and long running long distances is seeing different things and having that feeling that you're, you know, you're using your body and your legs to go from one place to another that you normally would hop in a car for. Sure. I, yeah. There's just an appeal to that for me. Yes. It's like, yeah, um, but I mean, it's right. You, you, so there is that balance of, um, well, this is safer, especially for the area that we live in and the, and the time of year that we live in. But the trade-off of course is going to be a little bit of monotony. And unfortunately in your situation yesterday, the uneven sort ofness of the slipperiness due to, due to the ground covering, which is hard. But, yeah. I never, I would not have, uh, taken on a point to point or even a 10 mile loop or something like that, uh, given the ground conditions that would have, that, that wouldn't have been safe. I don't think. So, and I would agree with you to your earlier point that having a partner, if not someone the entire way, a series of people breaking it up, uh, of course would be extremely beneficial. And I found it very beneficial for our thing. Um, going solo, there'd be way too much room for self-doubt to creep in and some of the negative talk to come up through your skull bone <laughs> into your brain and, and, and maybe take you out of the picture. Yeah. 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 That, I mean, people matter and community matters. And uh, I'm so glad that the community came together for you on this one. And as I know they were doing online and that's why it was so important for us to hear your story. So Brian, thank you so much for being a special guest on how is your run today? We do hope you will come back again at some time. Oh, I'm sure I will come back, Peter. Uh, thank you for hosting this program. Uh, you're doing a stellar job. Yeah, I'm the only host. Yeah, I'm aware. Yeah, I mean, Igor wants in and, you know, I, I could see maybe Emily. She might be really good. She yeah, could like, I like being a guest. Yeah, you're good. You're good at it. You're very good at it. So this is maybe a new thing we're doing. I, you know, it's so funny because while you were doing while you were talking uh, early on, you, I went. You I fell went, asleep. I fell asleep, and I made some toast, and then I went into the bathroom, and then I took a nap, and then I came back, and you were. Still no, wait, bathroom. That's my story. <laughs>